The Cambria Regional Chamber presents Where Adventure Lives, the podcast, where we explore recreation in our region and introduce you to recreation enthusiasts who live it, love it, and help make it happen. Welcome to another episode of Where Adventure Lives, the podcast. Before we get started, I'd like to thank our sponsor. That's REMAX Team Realtors. The Bob Colvin team is ready to help you discover all of our area's adventures. Find your perfect place at www.movetojohnstown.com or call anytime 814-262-7653. That's 814-262-7653. I am joined today by Melissa Radovonica of Discover Downtown Johnstown Partnership. Welcome, Melissa. Hi, Mike. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So just to get started, what is Discover Downtown Johnstown Partnership? Sure. Well, Discover Downtown Johnstown Partnership is a group of uh, volunteers that live, work, or own property in downtown Johnstown. Uh, the organization was born in 1998, and it was once uh, a Main Street Manager program. So when the city of Johnstown lost that funding that year for the Main Street Manager, uh, there was a group of dedicated business leaders and professionals in the downtown that wanted to keep the initiatives of the Main Street Manager alive, but instead at a volunteer nonprofit level. And here we are in 2023, still going strong and bigger and better than ever. Gotcha. And how many people are involved in Discover Downtown Johnstown? We have 15 board members. So those, okay. are, those are the 15 people that, that make all the decisions and act as the board. But then for all of the events and initiatives that we do, we have other volunteers that will help throughout. Yeah. And, and we're going to get to the, the big green elephant in the room yes. or in the park <laughs> in next the park, door. Right beside us. Yeah. Uh, in a couple of minutes. But um, I want to talk a little bit about what outside of the Christmas festivities it is that Discover Downtown Johnstown does. Sure. And you're right. We're known mostly for what we do in the fall, obviously. Mm -hmm. But we are a year-round organization. So in the spring, uh, we will have uh, what we call a bunny hop around the park. It is a modern version of an Easter egg hunt. Mm -hmm. So I think almost like a trunk or treat. So we have cars to park around the park, and then kids you know, come around and get Easter eggs filled with candy and, and whatnot. So we'll usually do that in March or April, the week before uh, um Easter. And then, of course, uh, we have our annual Clean Sweep event, which is in May. That's when we get uh, together and, and plant mulch and plant flowers, or I should say spread mulch, plant flowers. We encourage the businesses on that weekend to come and clean up their property in preparation for the summer season. Tourists and people being out and about more often than they are you know, in the winter. Um, and then our, our signature event probably in the summer is Taste and Tour. Yeah. And that always takes place Memorial Day weekend. And that is just an event that has grown tremendously from 200 people attending the first year we did it, the whole way up to 1,000 people attending this past year. Um, and that is where you purchase a ticket and you get to roam around downtown and have food samples at all the restaurants. And there's beverage specials and the retailers will give out coupons. And it's just a, a wonderful evening to walk around downtown to see 1,000 people you know, walking around, just enjoying everything the downtown has to offer is, is so cool. So that's our signature uh, spring event, let's say. Mm -hmm. Then in the summer, we just launched an event last year called First Fridays. So mm -hmm. we have a band that plays in Central Park the first Friday, and people can bring a lawn chair or a blanket and hang out and listen to the tunes. We usually have uh, Stone Bridge and Classic Elements and Stadium Pub as vendors in the park. So you can uh, you know eat and drink as you're enjoying the, the music. Um, and then we get into the fall, and that's where everything gets a little bit busier for us. Just a little bit, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and back to taste and tour. That event always blows me away because like the Facebook post will go up and say, hey, taste of tour, taste and tour tickets are for sale and they're sold out. Correct. Exactly. Uh, they don't last long no, at all. No, they don't. And, you know, when we started that event back in 2014, I believe, we had some skepticism, you know, mm -hmm. that people wouldn't come and there's not enough businesses downtown to to 
to buy a ticket to walk around. And, you know, we definitely proved that wrong. Um, so that yeah. first that first year we had 19 businesses and 200 attendees. And now this past year, I think we were at 40 businesses and over a thousand attendees. Yeah. And it's just a, incredible. It's such a great way too to showcase some of the restaurants that people might not get down to see. You know, there's, st- there's still, unfortunately, a stigma around downtown Johnson. People are like, it's not safe. And then there is, right? uh, taste and tour. You come down and you see, oh my God, this place is this is it's a hundred percent safe. Yes, absolutely, it's and incredible. There are all these fantastic eateries and shops that are popping up downtown right. now, and the businesses really appreciate us having that event because it's the best, you know, free advertising that that they can get. And obviously, mm-hmm. the restaurants have to put out food, so there is some cost, you know, associated for the restaurants. But for the most part, it's a thousand people, captive audience. I mean, it's just an amazing event. Right. If a restaurant's putting out like some small finger food, like samples off their menu, those people are going to buy a drink while they're in there Absolutely. or going to be like, hey, this is really good. Oh, let's just get something to eat while we're right. here. And the way we set it up with the the map that, that the attendees, you know, if they're eligible, if they want to be eligible for the grand prize, mm-hmm. you know, they have to get a certain amount of stamps on their map. So it forces them into X number of businesses, which is which is great for the business. And, and just the exposure is just incredible. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so and then I wanted to talk about your first Fridays because I got down to two of those this year because we did the chiller rides on Friday nights. So we'd stop in at Roots where we might be recording this podcast right, <laughs> right. now. Hi, uh, <laughs> and then like the Evergreens are playing in Central Park and yes. you got an amazing turnout for those. That was uh, that was pretty cool. I, full credit goes to Austin Hoffman, who's on our Discover Downtown board. He transitioned us. Um, for many years, we had shown movies in the park. We had mm-hmm. the big inflatable screen and we showed movies and people were laying on blankets and everything like that. And that was, that was cool. We did that for about five years. And then we just found that we were only getting maybe 25, 30 people to come to those movies. And it's not that it was a whole lot of work, but when you're, it's 11 o'clock at night and you're laying on a screen to deflate it in Central Park and you're wondering, why am I doing this for 25 people? Uh-huh. So Austin had the idea to transition us to uh, summer music. So the same concept, get people to come downtown with your chairs and your blankets and whatnot, but let's just change it from from movies to music. And it just, it took off tremendously this year. So yeah. we averaged a hundred or more people for every Friday that we did it. So we have our Fridays booked for next summer already, and uh, we're looking to expand if we can get more vendors um, in the park just to have a little bit more variety for the people that are there. You know, that's our goal. Yeah, yeah. Do almost like a summer market kind of thing, Correct. like a farmer's market type exactly. event. Right. That just to have a little test. bit more. You know, we've had the ice cream truck show up too at times. Yeah. You know? So it's just it's just a cool feeling. And who doesn't like sitting outside listening to live music in the summer, having a beer, having a lemonade, having an ice cream sandwich, you know, whatever it might be. Exactly. That's, that's, that's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, we are pretty far removed from summer at this point. Uh, and we're recording this on Wednesday mid morning or late morning, early afternoon. Uh, and Friday night is light up night for the big tree. And it's now a Christmas stroll. There's not a Christmas parade anymore. At what point was the decision made to move away from a parade to the stroll? Because I love the stroll. Okay, great. Well, it was made uh, in 2020 during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So um, we we were not not going to have an event that year. You know, we were plowing through with something, but we wanted to obviously be safe and cognizant of what was going on. You know, with with the pandemic. So instead of having you know people standing lined up side by side and watching a parade go by, it's like no, let's make it more interactive. So it's, it's it's your reverse parade. Mm-hmm. So let's close two blocks of Main Street and let's just set up bands and vendors and, and still the, the, the hot air balloons that the kids like to see. And you stroll around 
what's going on on Main Street instead of that parade passing you by. Yeah. So we, uh, we've we gone back and forth ever since 2020 because there's some folks on our board that like a parade and want to go back to the parade. Some people like the stroll. So every year we take a vote. And uh, the past couple of years, we, you know, we've kept with the stroll. It seems like the community likes it also. Yeah. And just from feedback that I've got from talking to other people that I know are going to go down to that every year, we might organize an uprising if you go back to a parade. I because see. we, we so love noted. the stroll so much because it's cool because... Uh, you know, I'll get a cup of coffee from uh, Classic Elements, and then I'll go down to Lamb Cakes. And then my tradition is I get one of Chad's cannolis because he makes amazing cannolis. Amazing. Uh, and then you just walk around, and you take in the vendors. And I, I know, like, um, Christy from Flood City, she does the hot cocoa and coffee booth in Central Park. Uh, and and it seems like you're expanding and getting more and more vendors pulled in every year. Too. We do. We're up to 40 vendors this year, which is pretty much the, the max capacity for that two block because we only go on Main Street from Walnut to Franklin. So it's just two yeah. blocks um, and 40 is pretty much the max capacity you know, for that area. So we're, we're really excited you know, to be able to have have, you know, people want to come and participate and just, you know, stroll around at your leisure. And then everybody kind of gets shifted into the park at 730 then for the tree lighting. Yeah. And what I really like about it where during the parade you'd be standing there and you might know the person to your right or the person to your left here you're walking around you're bumping into all kinds of people you know and it's, it's definitely more along the lines of a street festival it you know, is. people just want to roam around and it's it's a cool feeling and then get into the park and stay as long as you want in the park and it's just a, it's a it's a nice night yeah yeah it's almost hallmark movie like it is <laughs> and last year we had a major snow squall in the mid, right at the beginning of it so i think we got four inches of snow in an hour and a half and that, yep. def, that definitely made it more hallmark movie like it sure did it was like a very violent snow globe. It was. Uh, yes. Yeah, we got shook. <laughs> let, let's keep our fingers crossed. I was looking at the weather for Friday, and yeah. it's looking like there might be rain. It might be damp. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's going to deter people from showing up, though. No. And in fact, we just had our, our monthly Discover meeting this morning, and we were talking about that. It said it, it won't stop people. Yeah. It, it won't, there will be 56 more days that that tree is up, but people will be here on Friday night no matter what. Yep. Yeah, it's it's a Christmas tradition for a lot of people it now. It is. Right. Uh, right. I, like I said, it's something that we very much look forward to at this point absolutely so. the community does i know that yeah and uh, is there you usually have the sleigh ride around the park is there a sleigh ride this year too no there's no sleigh ride so the stroll will just be contained in the two in that the two areas or the two blocks of main street for light up night yeah. but then in december we have a children's train mm-hmm. december 8th and 9th we'll have a children's train that'll take uh, the kids around the park for free with santa claus on it uh-huh. um and then the following weekend on the 16th we have a s'mores night where Ooh. we have a big charcoal grill and we'll make s'mores for an hour and if 700 people show up and want s'mores, we hand out 700 s'mores. So, so you have activities planned for the the entire month of December, basically. We do. We do. And we saw that, you know, the tree obviously is the main draw. Yeah. But the very first year that we did the tree in 2015, after that, we said, well, what can we do to enhance the rest of the weekends? You know, we know the tree is the draw, but how do we get people down here, you know, for other events as well? That's mm-hmm. when we started the train. That's when we started the s'mores night. Um, the Christmas Village in Central Park has grown exponentially. Yeah. Uh, the first year that we installed the tree, there were 19 houses. This year, there's 41. Yeah. So uh, that alone can take a family or anybody visiting an hour just to walk through the park and see the houses. So it's, it's encouraging people to stay longer. And hey, as, as long as you've been here two hours, you might as well go to dinner and get a drink also. So yeah. all of a sudden, it's a whole evening in downtown. One thing I've always wondered about the tree, how did the tree come about? Because all of a sudden, I just remember uh, this tree showing up in Central Park. Yes. I, let me tell you that story. And then I have to talk about Halloween, too. We're going to rewind oh, yeah, time yeah, a little yeah. bit. I, I didn't talk about Halloween. but My personal favorite holiday. But yes. go on. Well, so the Christmas tree at Central Park was born. Um, we had, when I took over as the president of Discover in 2013, I think it was, um, I had said, 
let's be known for something. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's hang our hat on something. Let's be known for something. The organization had been around since 98, but what do we have to hang our hat on? So we had one of those strategic planning sessions that nobody wants to go to, but you're like forced to go to, right? Yes. And we just said, we're going to come up with 100 ideas. The 10 that stick are the ones we're going to go with. So as elementary as it sounds, one of the ideas was enhance the Christmas experience in downtown. That's all it said. It didn't say fundraise. It didn't say buy a really big Christmas tree. It said enhance the Christmas experience in downtown. So from that point, I was connected with Jeff and Wendy Kanicki, who live right outside of the city of Johnstown and have a beautiful home and had a beautiful Halloween and Christmas display at their house. You know, the, the type that you drive around to is like, let's go find lights, you know, in somebody's yes. neighborhood. It was animated. There was music. It's like, wow, this this is the couple that we need to make this work in downtown. So Jeff and I had started meeting uh, in 2014, trying to figure out, you know, what should we do? It wasn't a tree at first. Again, it was just enhance the Christmas experience. Right. Um, but what makes the most sense? And we started looking at the the Pasquarella Fountain in the center of the park and uh, started thinking about the ideas. And Jeff started mapping it out. And he came to our board then and he said, you know, I have the idea and I can help. I'll bring my talents. We'll make it work. It's this Christmas tree. Great. Here's a company that we can buy it from. And he said, it's $100,000. And we said, bye. <laughs> bye, Jeff. You know, it was nice meeting you, but bye. Yeah. Discover Downtown had never fundraised before. We're, we're not that type of organization. We we made, at that point, a little bit of money here and there off of the, the Christmas parade that we had done in the 90s and early 2000s and, and whatnot. But the idea of $100,000 was just foolish to us. Right. But... Jeff and I kept meeting because we couldn't let it we couldn't let it go. We thought, wait a second, this is transformative. And I can say I just gave myself a chill. Every time I tell this story, Mike, <laughs> I get the chill. We knew we knew what, what it would do. So we just kept working at it, working at it, working at it. And um, that February, February of 2015, um, the company that we bought it from was offering a 25% discount if you ordered early. So I'll never forget Sharon Honkus, who's also on our board, slammed her hand on the table and she said, we cannot pass up a $25,000 discount on the $100,000 Christmas tree. And we said, okay, let's go. Mm-hmm. So the effort was to raise $75,000. Um, thankfully, uh, the folks at First Summit Bank, Elmer Laszlo, God rest his soul, um, gave us a loan for a portion of that. So mm-hmm. we were basically fundraising to pay off the loan or else, you know, first time it would have had a really great Christmas tree. In the, right. In I was going to say, what would have happened if you didn't fundraise? Like, <laughs> right. Wow. So we raised, I think we ended up raising about $88,000, um, which covered freight, obviously, to, to get it here and everything else like that. And, you know, obviously, there's a lot of technology that goes yeah. into it. It's, it's all computerized. All, so there's, there was a lot more money than just that seventy-five that we had to had to raise. And we did it in 10 months' time, which I think was the most shocking wow. thing for me. I never anticipated that 2015 would be the fundraising year and the first year. Sure. I thought 16 will be the first year. Yeah. We have a very generous community. And it went from major corporations to foundations to people like you and I throwing in 10 bucks. Yeah. And that's how yeah. we got there. And so this is year number nine. And that's one of the really great things about Johnstown is everybody, for the most part in Johnstown, wants to see really good things happen to Johnstown. Sure. Uh, so when something, an opportunity like that presents itself, it's it's real easy to give 10 bucks and, and support the cause. And there's another great guy, Damien Lakatos, who's part of our uh, organization also. He owns a company in town, Conema Electronic Systems. So he's a tinkerer. He's in churches and school districts, you know, yeah. fixing their cameras and so on, so on and so forth. But he happened to be at Height Electric in 2015, just buying some parts for his own company. 
Jeff walks in talking about needing a watertight enclosure for something we were doing at the tree. Damien starts listening and he says, I'd like to help you with that. Mm-hmm. And nine years later, you know, that's that's our dream team. Wow. So it's 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 a cool story of how it all came together. But okay. simply saying, let's enhance the Christmas experience in downtown. And now look. And it grew to a $100,000 tree. Exactly. 41 houses, a train, a s'mores night. Oh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I just looked at Central Park and those houses are packed in there at this point. They are. They, and we are at max capacity. And honestly, I probably have 10 corporations right now that want a house in Central Park. And we're just... We, we can't allow for anymore. So we're we're trying to figure out another location in downtown where maybe we can have the uh, you know second Christmas village set up, but that has its own challenges too. So yeah. we're trying to work through how to how to make that work. Maybe you could find something on like the Point Stadium side of Main Street. That way, it encourages people to walk the whole length Correct. of Main Street. Exactly, and that was actually always one of our goals. And and maybe once the Main Street project you know comes through a couple years from now, um, was to create um, something that you would drive through. So right. you have this main attraction of the Christmas tree at Central Park, but maybe on any, every intersection leading up to Central Park, you have you know smaller trees. It's not a 40-foot tree, but maybe it's a 12-foot tree that's animated, and you, and you drive down Main Street, and then once you get to the park, hey, that's when you get out, yeah. and you walk around. And you could sponsor those trees, too. You could like have JWF sure. sponsors the one in the corner of Main and Absolutely. Market, you know, whatever Absolutely. the case is. You know, the outpouring of support over the past nine years has been tremendous from mm. from folks, you know, like you said, JWF. They they created that platform for us that the tree sat, sits on, uh, I don't know, on three days' notice back in 2015. Um, and, th- and there's just been a lot of sponsors, even, um, you know, more Recently, Concentrics will send employees to us to help set up the tree that day. Yeah. Uh, Martin Baker will send folks to us. You know, there's there's 400 branches. We test them all before they go on, and when they come off at the end of the season, we test them again to see if any need you know any needs repaired or rewrapped or anything like that. So, you know, the companies in town have really sent great people you know to come and help us and i saw too you got the kids from greater johnstown involved yes. this year every, every year i should say every that. year yep. okay the johnstown school district has always helped out so whether it was the football team or the interact club there's always a crew of kids here to help us which is great because then they take ownership right. and they say you know what i'm coming here on friday night with my family for light up night or i'll be back at some point during the season and then i'll see them and i'm terrible with names but i'll see them out and about in the community and they'll say hey melissa how's the tree and, and I, I just know if somebody's <laughs> asking me that question chances are they help put a branch on so yeah. but it's it's cool because they have ownership of it then absolutely and they come down and look at it and they're like i put that branch on exactly right they're excited <laughs> right. about that right kind of stuff. right right yeah and it's good to get the kids involved uh and give them the uh, like you said the feeling of ownership that they're doing something positive for their community right. too absolutely so before we wrap this up, let's talk about Halloween yes, as well. Yes, we have to rewind. Yeah. Re- so yeah. Uh, back to Jeff and Wendy Kanicki. They mm-hmm. had uh, this very cool Halloween display at their home. And as their kids got older, you know, they decided they didn't really do all this as much at their home anymore. And by that time, we had already started the Christmas tree and, and Jeff was on our board. And he said, well, you know, what about my Halloween display? So we picked up what, what was called the uh, his boneyard in his front yard and pulled it downtown, and now we call it the Park Boneyard. Yeah. So it runs for about two full weeks in, in October, and um, there's four songs on the animation. There's fog. There's fire. Um, people love it. Yeah, and, and it really sets the mood it. for the zombie crawl, too. Yes, uh, yes. People love Halloween. I think I, In fact, I think I read somewhere that Halloween's the second most decorated holiday now really? after Christmas. 
because, you know, you pe- see people with these displays and, you know, 20 foot tall skeletons in their front yard. And, yeah. you know, it's cool. Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I put my Halloween decorations up like September 1st. It, exactly. Like, it's time. spooky season it's now. Time. Uh-uh. We, uh, we refer to this time of year as Halloweismas <laughs> because for us, it really is. It's 90 straight days from yeah. the time that we install the park boneyard until we pull the Christmas tree out. So yeah. it's, it's Halloween season. It's 90 days. And when it's over, we all say, okay, let's not look at each other, at least for a month or two. <laughs> Taking <laughs> we, a break from and each we're other. Not, nobody's going to Central Park. Just stay away from the park. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we appreciate all of the hard work that, that Discover Downtown puts into everything that happens downtown because you do other things too. This is a little tangent, but uh, the the trash receptacles yes. along Main Street, yeah. you, you guys. The American uh, flags, the trash receptacles, the snowflake lights, yeah. um, cameras in the park. Just There's a lot of smaller things that people don't know that we do, but it was all part of making the downtown a better place. Yeah. And, and every little bit goes a long way. So, it does. Uh, thank you. And thank you. Thank everybody at Discover Downtown for all the hard work they I put will. in. Thank you, Mike. Uh, if anybody wants any more information, where can they find... Uh, uh, our website or Facebook page. Okay, perfect. Or me, just find me. <laughs> there you go. And I'll, I'll put a link to all of that stuff in the show notes. Perfect. A huge thank you to Melissa Radovanek and everybody at Discover Downtown Johnstown Partnership and everything they do for the city. We are all appreciative of all of their hard work. That does it for another episode of Where Adventure Lives. The podcast, one more time, I want to thank REMAX Team Realtors for supporting the podcast. The Bob Colvin team is ready to help you discover all of our area's adventures. You can find your perfect place at movetojohnstown.com or call them anytime, 814-262-7653. For more information on anything that we talked about today, you can visit our website, whereadventurelives.org, and you can send me show ideas at whereadventurelives814 at gmail.com. I'm your host, Mike Cook. We'll catch you next time on another episode of Where Adventure Lives, the podcast.